Welcome to the Laurie Lawrence podcast, Stuff the Silver, We're Going for Gold. This podcast came about by me wanting to value add to my online swim teacher and coaching platform, WorldwideSwimSchool.com. It was simply an idea that I'd read and share chapters of the two books that I'd written about my eight Olympic Games adventures. And when I run out of chapters, I'd interview some of the great sportsmen and sportswomen that I'd encountered over the 50 years of my international coaching career. Tell your friends, if it helps one person expand their lives a little or achieve their dreams, it will have served the purpose. If it doesn't do this, try at least to remember, the harder you work, the harder it is to surrender. Here's a little story about uh, one of my former champions, Julie McDonald, who was a bronze medalist at the 1988 Games in Seoul. People don't realise that on the way to Olympic gold, bronze or silver, there's a lot of training, persistence, dedication and even heartbreak. This is where Julie got a belief. And the title of the story is Belief Jewels. As the Pan Am jet touched down smoothly at Brisbane's International Airport, on board, members of the American swim team were hyped and fit, ready to race at the Pan Pacific Games in 1987. The US squad contained many champions, but the press had eyes, cameras, and microphones for only one of them Janet Evans. Two weeks earlier, this splinter-thin slip of a girl had erased Tracy Wickham's long-lived 800 metres freestyle world record from the record books. This morning, the great Tracy, sporting a red Afro hairstyle to match her lipstick, was at the airport to welcome the new champ. Tracy was polite and smiling, but feeling a little empty and a little sad. After all, she'd owned those two world records, the 400 metres and the 800 metres freestyle. She remembered vividly the days on which they were set. The 800 was set in Edmonton, Canada, at the Commonwealth Games of 1978. And the 400, well, that was Berlin at the subsequent World Championships. There, she raced the might of the East Germans to beat them and set the 400 metre world record. These world records had been her personal property now for nine years and now this slimline American had come along and bowled over the longest standing record on the books. Tracy elbowed husband Robert Chobo hard in the ribs and pointed as Janet Evans struggled through the customs with two big suitcases. There she is. There she is, she whispered. Who, that skinny one? asked Robert incredulously. Yes. Are you sure? She looks too thin. I'm sure. A hint of impatience in Tracy's voice. You mean to say she broke your world record? You sure? He asked again. Yes, Robert, she snapped. You don't understand, Robert. I really wanted to keep both those records until after the Olympics. Ten years would have been great. Mm. 
Maybe the 400 will last 10 years, she mused. You sure she broke your world record? said a disbelieving Robert, and now skating very much on thin ice. Tracy, can we get a picture of you and Janet for the Courier Mail tomorrow morning? interrupted sports journalist Wayne Smith. Wayne intervened just in time to save Robert's neck. Certainly, smiled Tracy. She spun away from her husband and walked off with Wayne Smith. Everybody's friend, but really nobody's friend. Robert kept shaking his head. Unbelievable, he whispered to himself. Unbelievable. Janet, this is Tracy Wickham. You broke her world record. Can we get a picture of you two together, please? asked Wayne. Certainly, Janet replied, and turned to Tracy with a big smile and a look of genuine respect. Hi, she said in an unmistakable American accent. I'm very pleased to meet you. Congratulations. Congratulations to you too, Tracy said. She smiled at Janet and kissed her lightly on the cheek. Meanwhile, a voice inside of Tracy screamed. Why am I doing this? Why am I being nice to her? This bitch has taken away part of me. She took my 800 metres world record, and I wanted to hold it for 10 years. Anyhow, I still have my 400 metres record, and maybe that will last until after the Olympics. I always thought an East German would break my records. Look at her. Robert's right. She's so skinny. How does she do it? I wonder what her stroke's like. Over here, Tracy! A photographer interrupted her daydreaming. Closer together, girls. Smile! Look happy, Tracy. Look happy. Put your arm around her. Smile. That's better. Smile! One more. That's good. Big smile. Hug her, Tracy. Nearly finished. Good, good, closer, closer, last one. The inner voice persisted. I wish this jerk would hurry up and get the photography done. I wonder if Julie MacDonald can beat her. I must ring Laurie. Yes, that's it. Wouldn't it be great if Julie could beat her? Tracy was dreaming again. If she couldn't have the world record, maybe another Australian could. Maybe... Julie, I'll ring Laurie and ask him, she said to herself. That's it, girls. Thank you, called the photographer. Tracy walked briskly over to her husband. Come on, Robert, she said. I've had enough of this. I want to ring Laurie. She turned, waved over her shoulder and forced a smile. Bye, Janet. Nice to meet you. Good luck. Janet smiled shyly and waved. Bye, Tracy. Thank you. While this was happening, at Chandler Pool, representatives from the electronic media had gathered to quiz Julie MacDonald and myself on the performance of the new superstar, Janet Evans. When they arrived, Julie was wearing her new high-top boxing boots, bought especially for the championships. As the TV cameraman wandered into the dimly lit pool area, Julie was by the diving pool. Oblivious to approaching cameras, she was twirling a skipping rope and chatting happily to Steve Foley. Steve was the AIS diving coach. 
The television light bank clicked on, and suddenly she was serious. The rope twirled at lightning speed. Skip, skip, two to the left, two to the right, front, back, repeat. Skip, skip, two to the left. She was the ultimate professional as the rope spun at breakneck speed, and her feet moved with the agility befitting of a world champion boxer. A cameraman concentrated on her dazzling footwork, then flashed to her face for a quick grab. I'm going to give her the fight of her life, she declared directly into the TV camera. Great, I thought. Perhaps this was an opportunity. Julie obviously held no fears for the world record holder. She was preparing to explore limits where she had never been before. Tomorrow, it would take all her tenacity and courage to go into those uncharted waters and break through new barriers. How exciting. Tomorrow couldn't come quickly enough. My girl was ready to race. Next day, Julie swam the heats and the finals of the 400 metres freestyle. After being well out of the race early, Julie finished strongly for a great second to Janet Evans. This performance gave her a real confidence boost. She knew that she was swimming well. Two days later, she arrived at the pool for her favourite event, the 800. Her warm-up was methodical, planned and purposeful. Julie was savouring the bright lights, the big crowd, the uniformed swimming officials on hand for this special carnival, the Pan Pacific Championships. I walked every lap with her in the warm-up, not only to keep a critical eye on her technique, but also to keep her mind focused on the immediate task at hand. Warming up correctly is very important. Julie was one of the most social beings imaginable in and around the pool. And at competition time, when all friends and rivals come together to compete, socialising was the order of the day. On this day especially, I didn't want her chatting at the end of the pool. I wanted her totally focused on the job at hand. Warm-up finished, Julie towelled herself down, disappeared into the changing rooms, donned her racing suit and the much-loved green and gold tracksuit, then came out to join me as I chatted to Australian head coach Bill Sweetenham. I feel great, she beamed. Racer! grunted Big Bill. I will, she laughed. See you in ten minutes before marshalling, I called. I was happy to see her so relaxed, so I tuned in. Okay, and she skipped off in her boxing boots. Maybe that was an omen. No weakness! I screamed as she stood behind the blocks for the start of the 800 metres. The whistle went, signifying the swimmers were in the starter's hands. Racer love, I screamed even louder. Racer! Take your marks. The starter barked and the seconds later the gun went. Go Jules! I kept up a barrage of encouragement and cheering from my position. I was cramped in the Australian team section at the diving pool end of Chandler. Go! Go! Up! 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 I screamed, but now, by now. I was needing room to move. I felt claustrophobic. Don't crack! Push! Push! Finally, 
I leapt out of the seats allocated to the Australian team and raced to the other side of the pool. I positioned myself, towel in hand, on the pool deck next to the Americans. They had the best seats in the house on the side of the pool. This was better. I needed breathing space. I needed room to move. In the minutes that followed, I stalked the pool deck at Chandler like a caged lion, ranting, encouraging, waving, gesticulating, screaming, willing Julie MacDonald to victory over a world record holder. As Jules inched closer to Janet, my work rate increased accordingly. I was right in amongst the Americans, and the excitement was at fever pitch. The race was ferocious. Evans as was her custom, making the early pace. At the 5.50 mark, Julie drew level and then executed a perfect tumble turn to lead Janet for the very first time. The American support team screamed louder. I stood in their midst and matched them yell for yell. The guts, the determination, the pain of training and all the sacrifices were starting to off. Those early morning sessions, my insistence on quality repeats, my insistence on perfect turns, on perfect finishes, on diets, all the extra gym sessions were bearing fruit. Julie, that night, bludgeoned the tiny American sensation into total submissions. The Americans around me were stunned into stony silence. They couldn't believe it. A Brisbane schoolgirl had done the impossible and demolished their superstar. Tracy Wickham, who was there to see the girl who broke her world record, hardly dared to believe it either. She spun around, cheered and embraced her husband, Robert. Robert danced, jumped, clapped and shouted in his father's native tongue, Bella, Bella, Bella! The Brisbane crowd erupted into sustained cheering. They clapped and stamped and whistled for our latest swimming sensation. A smiling, waving Julie MacDonald. They gave her a standing ovation. Janet Evans, four weeks earlier, had become an international sensation. She was front-page news all over the world after she had raised the longest-standing world record in the book. I looked at the scoreboard and erupted into a mixture of elation, anger, disappointment and disbelief. My Australian tracksuit had been an encouraging banner just seconds before as Julie pushed herself unmercifully to a historic victory. My tracksuit was flung onto the pool deck in disgust, frustration and disappointment. I picked up precious green and gold top and flung it down again muttering incoherently missed by a whisker oh garbage garbage damn 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 sit down relax said greg lawler the chairman of the queensland swimming association he took my arm he tried to settle me comfort me and calm me down congratulations laurie another big win yelled an excited timekeeper I wrenched myself from Greg's steadying grip, looked at the electronic scoreboard and pelted my precious tracksuit on the pool deck in disgust once more. Steady, Laurie, steady, relax, she's won, he assured me. 
Julie had won. She had broken the Commonwealth record held by the great Tracy Wickham, but she had missed Janet's world record by a fraction of a second. The world record still belonged to the USA. Things of value don't come by luck. They're won by pain, persistence and by sacrifice. Julie MacDonald had paid the price. The victory was sweet, but she deserved better than this. I wanted the world record for her as well. I was greedy. So close, I whispered. It's not fair. Maybe we can get the world record in Seoul at the Olympic Games. That will be the time to do it. It's not often that one gets the opportunity or the level of competition necessary to push to the limits of human endurance, to push through barriers to break a world record. That night, I was bitterly disappointed for Julie, and my emotions showed. My pre-race chat with her kept ringing in my ears. Jules, Jules, it's better to live a single day as a lion than a lifetime as a sheep. Go after her tonight. Be a lion, not a sheep. Don't worry, Laurie, I am. I've got nothing to lose. You were swimming all over her at the end of the 400 last night, I told her. I think you can win tonight. Go after her tonight. Don't worry, I will. And go after her, she did. For Julie, her swim in the 400 metres the day before had been the turning point in her confidence. After being completely out of the race at the 200 metre mark, a great second half effort saw her come within one stroke of catching the tiny thrashing machine. The foundations were laid right there in the 400 metres for a guts performance in the 800 metre swim. The Australian teammates further boosted Julie's confidence by their congratulations, backslapping, smiles and encouragement. Confidence in sport or life is of paramount importance. I've always found that if someone believes that a job can be done, believes that something is possible, then it is so much closer to becoming a reality. It becomes easier to achieve. How many people were able to break the four-minute mile after Roger Bannister showed the way and broke four minutes for the very first time? Prior to this, the four-minute barrier had seemed almost an impossible dream. Swimming times improve because as each barrier is broken, future expectations become higher. The race over, Julie was delirious, smiling and waving and savouring the victory to the full as the pool deck officials fussed and timekeepers checked their watches. Her mother cried. Her father smiled and cameras flashed. Dick Telford, Australian Institute of Sport Physiologist, extracted blood from her earlobes for his research into blood lactate testing. This glowing victory was a once-in-a-lifetime moment that very few athletes ever experience. Julie handled the media to perfection and it wasn't until she sat down days later and analysed her magnificent swim that she understood why I reacted like a spoilt brat who had just been refused strawberry ice cream. If only, if only, she muttered, the world record could have been mine.
Now, we had a young girl who really believed in her ability. The words, soul gold, took on a new meaning. That goal was no longer an impossible dream, no longer the first two words used by a crazy swim coach to greet a young woman every morning at 5am. It became a tangible goal. Now, Julie had a clear objective, a gold medal for Australia at the Seoul Olympics. The next 12 months would give Julie the opportunity to focus her attention on Seoul and to set about achieving her childhood dreams. Her only limits would be those of vision. Little did we realise at this time of jubilation and celebration the heartbreaking obstacles that were to be encountered on the road to Seoul. It took constant determination, effort and persistence for her to fulfil her greatest dream, an Olympic medal. The night of Julie MacDonald's pan-packed triumph, Steve Holland was astounded to find a 15-year-old slip of a girl crying in the shadows as he left Chandler Pool after the race. What's up, love? he asked. I wanted to win the koala. I wanted to win the koala. You should be happy you won two events and got one second. Yeah, but I wanted to win the koala, she sobbed. You should be happy. You swam well. Yeah, but the koala was for the best swim of the meet. Oh, look, give me your address and I'll send you a koala. Chin up, love. Keep training. Janet Evans kept training and Steve sent her a koala. Thank you for listening to this latest episode of Stuff the Silver. We're going for gold. To stay up to date with all episodes, please subscribe to this podcast. For more information, visit lorrylawrence.com.au. It's alive!